there. Welcome to the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, ladies. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. I am excited, as always, to hang out with you today. My name is Brittany. I'm a Catholic wife and mom of two, almost three here. <laughs> Third is on the way, boys. And it's so funny now having people ask. I was just on a walk last night with the two. Uh, four. The one is four and one is one and a half. And somebody stopped me and they were like, do you know what you're having? And I said, yep, another boy. And they're like, wow, you know, did you think it was another boy? And then they went into the like, are you upset? And I'm like, you know, I'm also going to tell a complete stranger. Yes, I'm devastated. I super wanted a girl. Uh, no, I am really actually loving being a boy mom. It is funny. I think I've talked about it. I'm sure mentioned it by now that I grew up in a house of four girls. So I have three sisters who I love dearly and I'm super close to. But it is funny. And then both my older sisters had a girl right away. So I just kind of assumed my first kid was going to be a girl. I That was what I had seen. Like, oh, you have your little gale pail. And that's how, you know, it goes. That's your first kid. And when I found out the first was a boy, it was actually when I was way more surprised. I was like, wow, okay. Uh, I don't know how to raise a boy. So this is going to be interesting. I didn't grow up with boys. I, you know, I babysat, but whatever. Not, you know, you're not, it's definitely not the same. Any, any of you who are moms who are listening are like, yeah, it's definitely not the same. So anyway, the first one actually threw me more than any of the subsequent, but now I just feel like I will be completely thrown for a loop if we ever do, are blessed with a girl because I am just so deep in the boy mom thing now and I love it. And God has, that is a funny thing too, how God has changed my, per, I don't know if he's changed my personality or I've like you know, grown as we're supposed to or gotten in touch with other parts of my personality. Because my mom will even comment on that, that I was the girl growing up that was like, I don't want to get my hands dirty. Ew, bugs. I don't like outside. I used to actually, it's funny now, just even from the active perspective, that I used to trade chores with my sisters so that if I had any that were outside, like mowing the lawn or pulling weeds, I would trade them for cleaning inside the house, which if you listen to my cleaning episode, you're probably like, that makes sense. And you've always, and I do like cleaning and I've always liked cleaning. But it's funny to me now that I die to be outside. I've said that so much on here. If in the nice months, I am like, can I be outside all day and find an excuse to go out there? It's harder for me to make myself sit down at my computer or sit down and record a podcast because I just want to be out there doing stuff. So anyway... Now that you have my life story, shout out to my boy moms out there and shout out to my girl moms because I will be hitting you guys up for questions <laughs> if and when that time comes. But anyways, we are not here to talk about that necessarily. I definitely am not qualified to do a child rearing podcast, but instead we are here to talk about your activity level and why that might be affecting your fat loss and all that jazz. So if you've listened for a while, you know that I preach that the three, don't preach anything, but I promote that the three keys to fat loss are tracking your macros, strength training, and NEAT, and then can be supplemented with HIT as well. There's always things that can help your fat loss. There's many tools to have in the toolbox, but overall, the two I talk about the most are tracking macros and strength training. So I do think that tracking macros is a necessary first step. It does not mean I think you should be plugging your food into your phone forever or keeping a food journal forever. It means that I think you should become aware of what you're taking in 
so that you can get it to the point where you're actually taking in the right carbs, fat, and protein that your body needs, and then that you should be able to hopefully back away from it and eat intuitively, which means essentially you're going to eat still according to those targets, but not have to log it in. You just kind of know what everything is. You know, I do forget that it takes a while to kind of build that mental Rolodex. We are uh, mid-challenge right now, or mid-program in the June program, and I will get questions like, well, can I sub, you know, pork? Can I sub chicken for pork in this recipe? And I'm like, yep, just, you know, change the fat because there's going to be less fat in that. And maybe you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, everybody knows chicken's leaner than fat or chicken's leaner than pork. But I don't think everybody does. And it is something that comes with logging that you're looking at. Oh, okay. Chicken thighs have more fat than boneless, skinless chicken breasts. So, I just need to plan accordingly. If I want to have guac and almond butter, then I should make the boneless, skinless chicken breast. It just informs your decisions, not in a way that makes it that every decision is a nine-hour decision. It's actually very quick like that. That's how, you know, I don't necessarily pre-log or pre-plan my days if I'm intuitive eating, but I'm like, okay, well, tonight we are going to have a breakfast dinner, so I'm not going to have oatmeal for breakfast today because I'm going to have waffles tonight. So I'm going to make eggs this morning or have a protein shake or something less carby. So that's kind of how it goes. But anyway, I do think that you should be aware of what you're taking in. Otherwise, you're just ballparking. You have no idea. And this is kind of goes along with it. In the ballparking, one question that I always ask before I try to help someone figure out their macros is what is your activity level? And honestly, nine times out of 10, I'm not making that up. If I pull 10 stay-at-home moms even 10 moms in general, but I will say specifically for stay-at-home moms, they'll rank themselves, you know, as at least moderate activity or moderate to high. And here's the thing, and I am going to speak just on the really stay-at-home mom kind of lifestyle right now because it feels very active. I get that you would want to rank yourself or you truly think that you have moderate to high activity, But I think that honestly, many of us are overshooting that. And if we really could get, you know, an outside view of our day, we would see how much we are actually not moving typically. And I know that some people are going to be the unicorn in here that do actually move around the entire day. And some people are just more fidgety and more energetic than others, can't sit still and that kind of thing. So I definitely know there's exceptions, but I 100% would have ranked myself as a highly active person prior to having Josh, my first kid. And then when I had Josh, I still would have ranked myself as highly active because I had him in May. He was my first kid. We walked everywhere. We It was also the first time I went from working not just a full-time job, but a full-time and then a part-time job that was almost a full-time job. So I had never had this open schedule where I just got to be in charge of, and I continued to work part-time. I still was training and teaching classes as soon as I went back from, you know, after, I think I went back right at six weeks after that. But anyways, I pretty much had a very open schedule that I just got to be in charge of. So we did go for walks all the time. And, you know, I, I just brought him along when I was doing my workouts. We lived in an apartment. I brought him to the little apartment gym and set his little car seat right next to the treadmill. And he, I'd take nursing breaks in the room where you pr- they had printers that you could print stuff out, uh, the whole thing. But I still really was highly active with Josh. Again, we walked probably an hour a day. He was born in May. The weather was nice. We were outside. 
And then even through the winter and things like that, we just, it was a different schedule, a different lifestyle. I was still teaching classes. I then started bringing him to the gym daycare and I, I taught a lot of classes a week. So that was a highly active time, okay? Now fast forward to currently, before I was pregnant even, with two kids, now just having a three-year-old, which now he's four, but at the time of having, like I'm talking about before I was pregnant, I had a three-year-old and then like a, a one-year-old, we'll say. I noticed it shifting even younger. Even say last summer, I had a three-year-old and, I don't know, a six-month-old. I was standing around much more than I was even walking around or doing things like that. And think about it. I mean, it depends heavily on your kids' ages and your schedule, but even in the nicer months, instead of just putting the kids in the stroller, you know, like I had with Josh and walking a ton, my three-year-old more wanted to be climbing, wanted, wanted to be playing. So we'd go for a short little walk or drive if we're going to a park that was far away and he'd be on the playground. I had Joey, my second, wrapped to me and I was standing a lot. It's a lot of standing and monitoring, standing and policing. Right now, even at four and one and a half, the younger one now, the my, you know, Joey, my one and a half year old, is trying to run around, trying to climb, but he's still in that, like, you know, can climb up two things on a playground and mostly plays under the playground set. So I'm basically playing the game of trying to keep my eye on the four-year-old while following the one and a half year old around. And yes, I'm getting some steps, but it's mostly standing there placing. But we are so tired. That is, I think, the biggest factor. I think, I don't think we purposely at all, that is totally not, I'm not judging anybody that has said they're highly active. And maybe you are. But if you, I think the reason that we feel like we should rank it highly active is because we are so tired. And I think the fatigue comes from other things. That's my main point with this where, yes, with one, I was highly active. Maybe you have one and you are highly active and that's going well for you. Or again, my working moms, your schedule hasn't changed at all and you do have an active job and okay, you went back to your active job. So there you go. You are still just as highly active as you were before. But those of us who have, you know, maybe starting to get two or three kids or whatever the case is, or you have one kid and your kid's just older and things have changed, look at what your day actually looks like. I get it because you do feel exhausted. And I've thought about this so much. I'm like, man, but I feel so much more tired. Number one, usually we feel more tired when we've actually been sitting. I think back to when I was running around all day. And because I started my day hitting the ground running, probably literally a lot of the times when I was working out first thing before I used to go to the gym at four in the morning or 3.30 in the morning to do a workout before my husband had to leave for work and before Josh was up. And then I just went the whole day and, you know, I was highly active. It's much harder to be more sedentary. It's much harder on your energy levels, on your fatigue. It's hard for me to judge right now because obviously I'm pregnant and I have that kind of fatigue going on too. But I noticed that just with the more sitting, I'm like, man, Brittany, you were never this, never felt this whipped by the end of the day before. And along with sitting, if that is your lifestyle, but think about that a lot because yes, even in the summer, now last night we just went for a 45 minute walk. So great, that that was activity. But that I don't do that every single day with them. Sometimes, again, we're doing a 10-minute walk to the park and then a 10-minute walk back, and it's not that much activity. It's not that far. Again, I'm standing around the park. But then think about the colder months. It's a lot of sitting on the floor of the playroom, sitting on the couch reading books, 
These are all beautiful, good things, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be doing them and that we should be ignoring our kid and walking up and down the stairs just to get steps in. 100% not what I'm saying. I think we just need to be very realistic about what is going on because that might be affecting the numbers, bringing it full circle back around to tracking, that we are going by trying to track our macros. So uh, might have forgotten what I was going to say. I was going to say one more thing, but might have forgotten that tangent that I was going to go on already. Um, <laughs> okay, I think it's gone. Either way, um, I know, again, I'm personally sitting a lot, so you might be sitting more than you think you are. But this is the information you need to take with it. So say you are basing your calories and your macros on being a highly active person, which if you're trying to do it yourself in my fitness pail, you can do. You're entering your weight, you're putting your activity level, and then it's going to start you at like 50 grams of carbs, 30 grams of fat, 20 grams of protein or something like that. So I always tweak what it is recommended there anyways. I usually start somebody more at like 35 carb, 35 fat, and 30 protein, things like that. But anyways, it does matter what you are estimating your activity level is. So I'm not just going into all this to be like, thanks, Brittany, you made me feel like a really lazy mom or like, you know, big sloth now, which was not the point of this. My point is that, A, we feel tired because you're probably sleeping a heck of a lot less than you were before if you're a mom now. Just in general, if you don't have a newborn, you still might be waking up to a toddler who needs to use the bathroom or you're maybe just a lighter sleeper now. I used to sleep like a brick until I had kids and now I'm a very light sleeper. I'll wake up to anything. I'll stay up for a long time. So A, your sleep just might not be as good. But B, the other big reason that we're tired that we just think it's because we're super active is because we have so much decision fatigue and so much mentally going on. And I'm, again, definitely not saying that in a moany way. And I think that Motherhood is such a beautiful vocation, such a gift, and I hate how it's portrayed in stupid mom memes on Facebook, which I talk about all the time. It's like, you know, remember that the mom is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, we're not out on the minefields. We are playing with our kids in our suburban homes. A lot of us, not all of us. I know people have actually tough situations, and I'm not saying that we haven't had tough situations, but realistically, we're not, you know tending to the wounded soldiers in our yards while trying to keep our farms, you know, alive and things like that. So in general, I actually think motherhood is, you know, we as moms in this current day and age have it pretty darn good with our grocery pickups and our Starbucks drive throughs and things like that. So I'm not trying to say like, yes, motherhood's so hard. No one understands. And we need to embrace it. Embrace the challenges of the vocation and of this job and, you know, embrace the beautiful parts with it, just like every job. I think we also forget that a lot. That's a whole other podcast. And I could go down that tangent all day where I think women, people, the culture, like talk about how hard motherhood is where, especially being a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, yeah, but do you remember that your other job had hard parts? You know, especially with the waking up early thing. That's what when I get you know, the responses from stay-at-home moms of like, I just can't get up before my kids and I'm just tired or I can't work out for them. Like, do you remember when you actually got it together to leave the house to go to a job? You know, think about that. If you were in a job that you had to be there by seven and you had a half hour commute, you needed to get up and ready for the day before that. Again, I know the day's different. I know it's a lot more There also are breaks at a job. I know there's lunch breaks and you get the commute and things like that. I get it. That was me too. I'm not saying that. I know all that. So if we can all get beyond that, we know that a big part of being a stay-at-home mom is constant talking at you if you have older kids 
And I mean, I'm just starting to get into this phase where I have a four-year-old who's, hey, mom, what's that? What do you think about this? Do you know why astronauts have to only eat space food? How do astronauts stay down when they're in their rocket ships? Because there's no gravity, blah, blah, blah. We're just entering that phase and it's only with my oldest. So I know it's also only going to amplify because some of you are listening to this with older kids like, uh, yeah, Brady, you don't even know the half of it yet. So I know that and I know what's coming. That's part of what is making us so tired is being talked at or talked to all day, talking and then the constant, you know, repetition of things. Take your, we're going inside, sit down, take your shoes off. Joey, take, sit down, take your shoes off, put your shoes on the tray. I always say to my husband when we're both around and we see ourselves and catch ourselves saying the same thing 900 times because you have to, I always say there's got to be sanctification in the repetition, right? This is part of, again, our vocations is this is what we're supposed to do. Kids need consistency. Kids need to learn. So, but it is a true thing that we have a lot of talking to do, a lot of answering to do, and a lot of decisions to make especially if you have older kids. Mom, can I do this? Can I go to the so-and-so's house? Because they have a lot more demands coming at you. Right now, I'm only working with like, Mom, can I have an apple for lunch? Mom, do you think we can go outside after this? Those kinds of things. So that is a big part that we need to just accept and realize is, okay, I feel tired, not because I'm highly active, but because I'm actually sitting a lot and because I just have so much mentally going on each day. The, the days are more mentally draining, but they feel physically draining. And there are physical aspects. I'm not denying that. It's very tiring to stand and hold your baby, your one-year-old, your one-and-a-half-year-old. I get it. My one-and-a-half-year-old, we just went to the doctor last week, is 29 pounds. So he's quite, <laughs> quite a little chunk. And he is not at the point where he can stand in church next to us yet. He would definitely just run out of the pew or, you know, he does like sit on the pew, but then stands on the pew and then is going to fall off and crack his head open, all that stuff. You just need to hold him during mass. If you want to get through mass alive, Joey needs to be held. So, you know, sometimes Ben's there with me on the weekends he is, but if I go during the week or I just went to a funeral this past week, unfortunately, for a family friend and guess what? I'm standing there holding him for about an hour. You're sitting at some points, but also standing and amplify that by, you know, a butternut squash sized baby in my (laughs) uterus that is coming, you know, that I'm front loaded. So I'm trying not to throw it in my back. I'm trying to remember what I preach of keeping my knees soft and holding it. And so guess what? We get home by the time after that and it was lunchtime and nap time and I was felt exhausted. But what did I just do? I just stood and sat and drove in my car for the last couple of hours. I didn't do anything super physical. It was not an intense workout. I didn't get my heart rate up and I wasn't building muscle from that. It's another big thing about when women say, I don't need to work out because my kids, you know, are my workout. No, they're not. You're going to just form really bad habits. I could have just locked my knees out, sat my hips forward and put my kid on my belly for pretty much that hour. And then my low back would have been absolutely trashed more than it already is right now. (laughs) You know, like you're already going to feel it at this stage of pregnancy, but in, you know, you don't need to amplify that. So we're tired. We're physically tired. We're mentally tired, but it's usually not because of super high activity. And again, like I said, if it is activity, it's more like slow walking. Like I'm walking to keep up with the tricycle right now when we're walking. I'm not power walk and hauling it and things like that. So what do we do with this? Again, I didn't do this podcast today. Just be like, you don't move as much as you think, which I think is probably the case. So number one, just get that hot dose of reality that 
you might just be a little more sedentary than you'd like to say because it sounds bad. It sounds bad. It's I mean, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sedentary right now. So as a person who is a personal trainer, a fitness instructor, and trying to inspire you to live a more active life, for me to say, you know, I would actually classify myself as more sedentary in this current state seems terrible, right? That word has such a negative connotation. It isn't great to be sedentary, but I'm also not going to say, well, because I go for, you know, stroller walks maybe three times a week and I work out a couple times a week, that I'm highly active. I'm not. In my days, I am sitting a lot. I'm sitting a lot and I'm supervising a lot and I'm obviously working, you know, developing programs and training clients one-on-one, so I'm sitting at my computer a lot. There's, you know, I... There's just some things you can't super avoid, especially those of you then who are working, who don't have those active jobs, who have to sit there and park it for eight hours and then drive in your car and things like that. There's some things beyond our control. So what can we do about it is my point. Number one, try to really calculate your macros as accurately as you can. If you have logged yourself as highly active and you're not highly active, go back and change it. It's going to give you less calories. See how you feel on that. Make sure you are eating for volume. You're eating enough protein. You are eating three to five servings of vegetables a day so that you know that you are doing everything in your control to make sure that you feel full. And then if you don't feel full at that, okay, bump it up a little bit on the calorie side. And then what can we do on the other side? We can just be aware of it so that we can try to create opportunities to move more. I have talked about ways to increase your NEAT before, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which means, you know, and I I went through a whole slew of these. You have to look back at the episode. episode, I didn't look up what number it was. But, you know, I do silly things to try to increase it. I purposely walk up the stairs from the laundry to bring the dry clothes up from the dryer. Then I walk back down to the laundry to switch them from the washer to the dryer just to get more steps in. My husband always laughs at me about this because anytime I forget something upstairs or downstairs, or like we leave something in the car at the ballpark and one of us has to go back. He's always like, oh, you're getting your white girl steps in. Because a long time ago, I saw a meme that said, white people love to say anytime they walk somewhere, they looks like I'm getting my steps in today or something like that. And I was like, that is so accurate because I hear people say that all the time. So I do look for opportunities and I encourage you to look for opportunities to just increase your overall movement. But you also might want to then try to add in a little bit of action of like purposeful cardio. It doesn't mean you need to add in hit. Maybe it looks like that. Maybe right now you're only lifting and you could add in two hit sessions a week or maximum three hit sessions a week. But I'm even thinking and talking more just movement like LISS, low intensity steady state cardio. It does not have to be a whole nother workout. I know one thing I really struggle with is the time constraint of, okay, that sounds great, Brittany, but when the heck am I going to do that? But there's many times it does not need to be an hour. We have, it depends A, on, I guess, on the time constraint and B, probably the equipment available. We are fortunate enough to have a stationary bike. It's not a spin bike, but just like a regular stationary bike, an elliptical and a treadmill here. So, but again, good intentions. I've thought, okay, I don't move enough. I need to start walking half hour a day. That is, I, I don't want to say never going to happen, but not going to happen right now in this schedule and season of life and in our time constraints. But I have made more of an effort then of, okay, if we're not going for a shoulder walk today, I'm going to try to hop on the treadmill for 10 minutes of their nap time. Or I have some days done it split like that. Like, okay, I have a little bit of time before the kids wake up and, you know, I wasn't going to work out today or I already lifted, but I'm going to just close it out with a quick 10 minutes on the treadmill. And then 
if we're not really going anywhere or doing anything, I'll just stay in my workout clothes and try to hop back on for 10 minutes at their nap or 10 minutes at night, something like that, so that it's fine if it's broken up. You're just moving more. You know, this is the thing is this is why we have to create the artificial environment sometimes because our lives are just set up to be more stationary. We're sitting and parking it. We are, again, managing a lot more than we're moving. And we just need to try to combat that a little bit. Curb the appetite in if you think you're eating like you're really high, you know, high activity level. And then try to move more. Maybe, you know, again, you can, you are in control of a lot more than you think. So if you are listening to this, you're like, Brittany, I don't have any cardio equipment. I live in a place where it's cold all the time. I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of being this sedentary then. Well, look on Facebook Marketplace. You know, we got our treadmill off of Facebook Marketplace for a hundred bucks like three years ago, four years ago because we weren't in this house. And we, it literally sat in our living room in our apartment. I look back, we had Josh in that apartment as this little almost one-year-old. He's sitting on the floor wheeling his cars down it and we had a treadmill just parked in the living room. So we didn't have space for it. We didn't really have the money for a nice new treadmill. We got one for a hundred bucks off of Facebook Marketplace because I wasn't making it to the gym that much at that time because I had uh, Josh with me so much. But, and then the bike we got for free because someone was giving it away and the elliptical we got for free because my brother-in-law gifted it to us at some point because he had gotten it from somebody and thought of us needing it. So Facebook Marketplace and used things, garage sales are such a good opportunity. I'm not saying, you know, I don't buy, there's... I, I rarely buy any equipment used. I've shared that on here before. Most of our equipment, I think I just said that backward. I rarely buy any of our equipment new. Almost all of it is from Facebook Marketplace or garage sales and things like that. Um, so, you know, it just might be something to think about. I know on here all the time I'm saying strength training, strength training, and don't worry about cardio. But this is one area where it might be a good idea to work it in just to, you know, get you moving, get your blood flowing, help your circulation, You're not going to necessarily, again, get endorphins just from walking on your treadmill for 10 minutes, but you might feel better. I feel that does help me get in a more active mindset and even just feel like I'm starting my day in a more active state if I can squeeze those couple minutes on the treadmill before they wake up. Again, it doesn't happen as much as I would like it to, but we can all try to prioritize that a little bit because honestly, as I'm talking about this, I'm like, yeah, Brittany, there is no reason you could just wake up 10 minutes earlier and get that 10 minutes in, you know, whatever else my morning looks like. So... All right, I hope it inspires you to move around a little more and be real with yourself about your activity level. (laughs) And as always, I hope you have a great day. I'm excited to talk to you next time. And if you have not, if you would leave a review on iTunes, you just tap the stars and leave it then a written review. I would super appreciate it because it helps more people find the podcast and us to get the movement going everywhere. All right, I'll talk to you guys next time.